Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about... The history of the beer. What's in it. How it was made. The history of the brewery. Along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' One Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Uh, that's a raccoon, yo. What, what are you doing? Feeding the raccoon. It's a trash panda. <laughs> <laughs> when the three burglars thing happens. Oh, and they're all saying the same line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, notice, Jeb, that when they put their hats on, I'm not going to be able to see facial expressions. So that's on you, man. That's on you. Okay. Camera rolling. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Can I get an interview about uh, Betsy's wedding? No. Anything but that. Get anything lost. That? Anything but that. Get my hat. Hi, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. Seriously. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of 150 episodes for your listening pleasure. I forgot to change that. (laughs) (laughs) Over 150 episodes. Yes, just true. I should have. I should have. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of over 150 episodes for your listening pleasure. There we go. Wow. Because we forgot to tell everybody that Nobody's Fools are 150th because we didn't find out till afterwards. Because I, yeah, well, yeah, I had to tell you. <laughs> you can keep track of that. I keep track of that. Remember when I had to tell you that? All right, I so, know it's season 10, episode blah, blah, but yep. I don't know what number number. But we're in season 11. We're 11 now. We're 11. No, this, no Nobody's Fool season 11. It was episode 6 or 5. It's coming out. It right. came out a couple episodes ago. Well, I'm ago. editing 10. I so understand. I understand. We are ahead of the game. I know people hate that. I apologize. Mike, what are we doing today? We are doing the 1990 film Betsy's Wedding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jake and Betsy are a young couple looking to tie the knot. Content with an understated intimate wedding, Jake and Betsy's plan go out the window when (laughs) Betsy's working class folks, Eddie and Lola, feel compelled to go over the top after they meet Harry and Nancy. Uh, Lola does not go over the top. Working class? Go ahead. Jake's high class parents, in need of financial help, Eddie enlists a shady in-law for assistance, which only exacerbates matters. This is Betsy's wedding. (laughs) Why are you sounding a game show? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Betsy's wedding is a runtime of 94 minutes It's rated R Production budget of $35 million Release date was Friday June 22nd, 1990 I'll tell you where that $35 million went 
the cast to the uh, 40 people in this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Opening weekend did 4.6 million domestic 19.7 and worldwide 19.7. So not a hit. Production company was Touchstone Pictures distributed by Buena Vista. We're doing Touchstone. Uh, uh, <laughs> Touchstone double, double one up from last week. Uh, so I said it came out on the 22nd of ni- uh, 1990, a Friday. What it went up against RoboCop 2. Best part of RoboCop 2 is when they're testing out all the other RoboCops and the one RoboCop just takes off his mask and shoots himself in the face when he's screaming. Good times. Good times. Yeah. You also had the week after the 29th, you had Days of Thunder and Ghost Dad, which is terrible. Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was a summer film. God. Oof. Days of Thunder, though, I like. And then I, I went an extra week after that because Die Hard 2 came out, too. So that's a, that's actually a good summer. Days of Thunder, Die Hard 2, minus Ghost Dad. Days of Thunder, Die Hard 2, <laughs> even RoboCop 2, because that's probably... The anticipation for that. Oh, yeah. You're probably really excited for it. And right, then you watch right. it and go, oh. Speaking of sequels, the week before on the 15th, you had Gremlins 2, The New Batch. <sighs> that gets unfairly maligned. It's not terrible. It's just not Gremlins. I have to watch as an adult, but even as a kid, I was like, this is it's, dumb. It's not <laughs> Gremlins, but it's not terrible. I've seen worse. You also had Dick Tracy, which is an episode we did a while ago, and then The Adventures of Milo and Otis, which I've never seen. Uh, Don't watch it now. Oh, I'm not going to. A thousand animals no. died uh, in the making of it. I'm not going back to Elise, that. It was Elise's favorite movie as a kid. She's like, I bought it on a DVD. Let's watch it. And I'm watching it going, oh my God. She's like, what? Uh, they threw a dog off a cliff. Do you think that dog survived? Aww. And then I looked it up and I was like, yeah, a thousand dogs and cats died in the making of the movie. That's terrible. She has not watched it again. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> Shame on you, Avengers of Miles and Otis. Shame on you. This movie is written and directed by Alan Alda. Uh, he has directed The Four Seasons, Sweet Liberty, and A New Light. He's also written The Seduction of Joe Tynan. I don't know if I think he he wrote the other three. I think he just wrote The Seduction of Joe Tynan. This is actually the last film that Alonaldo has directed uh, because of this film. <laughs> <laughs> Cinematography by Kelvin Pike, who did Bad Medicine, Apprentice to Murder, and A Dry White Season. I know nobody knows these films. Composed by Bruce Broughton, who uh, was nominated for an Oscar for Silverado. And he did So I Married an Axe Murder, which is what we did uh, a couple weeks a couple weeks ago, a couple, a couple seasons, seasons ago. Yeah. He also did The Monster Squad and Jackknife, which was shot in Connecticut. Edited oh, by really? I believe so. I didn't know that. Edited by Michael Polakow, who did The Cutting Edge, The Air Up There, and of course, everyone's favorite, Kazam. <laughs> and produced by Martin Bregman and Louis Stroller. Bregman has uh, produced Dog Day Afternoon, which he was nominated for an Oscar because the movie was nominated for Best Picture. He also did Serpico and the movie we did, The Shadow. And Stroller has done The Rock, Snake Eyes, and Carolina. So Alan Alda. Here's the cast. It's a, it's a big cast. Alan Alda plays Eddie Hopper. He plays the father. Uh, everyone probably knows him from MASH, the TV show. He was also in Marriage Story. He was also nominated for an Oscar for his role in The Aviator. Madeline Kahn plays Lola Harper. Madeline Kahn passed away in 1999. She is awesome in this film. She plays, she was nominated for two Oscars, one for Paper Moon and other for Blazing Saddles. She's also in a movie that we did, Clue. Molly Ringwald plays Betsy, the, the title character. I would assume that people know who Molly Ringwald is. Do you think that they would know that she's from... 16 Candles, 16 Candles, Breakfast, Breakfast Club, Club, Pretty in Pink. More recent, I think maybe newer people probably know she's on the TV show Riverdale. If you know, maybe I they would know that. Know that yes, okay. she is. <laughs> Ali Sheedy as Connie. She is also in the Breakfast Club. She's also in War Games and Only mm-hmm. the Lonely. Joey Bishop is uh, uh, Eddie's father. He, he he's Alan Alda's dad in this movie. He's a um, his ghost. He keeps talking to him. He was actually in the Joey Bishop TV show Ocean's Eleven. He's part of the uh, the Rat Pack. Uh, the you know the 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 member you didn't say. <laughs> Joe Pesci is Oscar, the uh, fa- the in-law that Butler alluded to in the synopsis. 
won an Oscar for Goodfellas. He's in Home Alone and My Cousin Vinny. Catherine O'Hara plays Gloria, his wife, Madeline, uh, Lola's sister, Malin Khan's character. She's in Best in Show, Beetlejuice, and she's also in the TV show Shit's Creek for those out there. Anthony LaPaglia plays Stevie D. Uh, he's from Empire Records and the TV show Without a Trace, which I'm assuming most people saw. Burt Young as Georgie. Obviously, we know Burt Young as Paulie from Rocky. He's also in Mickey Blue Eyes, which is pretty much playing the same character he is here. Mm. Dylan Walsh is Jake, who's marrying Betsy. He's from Congo. <laughs> movie with our 150th episode, Nobody's Fool. And he's in the TV show Nip Tuck. Nicholas Coster as Harry, which is uh, Dylan, excuse me, Jake's father He's from all the president's men is stir crazy. B.B. Besh as Nancy, his mother. She, she's in Star Trek Two. Butler. She plays Carol in Star Trek Two. That's Rathacon, right. That, which is uh, the wife. The, the, the mother. Of yeah, the kid. mother. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but Kirk ain't getting tied down. <laughs> and she's also in Steel Magnolias. A couple of cameos here. Frankie Faison as Zach, who's one of the builders. You might recognize him from Do the Right Thing and Coming to America. And Samuel L. Jackson's in this film. Yeah, just taxi dispatcher. Briefly. He sound real quick. <laughs> my my other credit for him is Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I recommended this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I'm watching this film, this film was shot in uh New York City and North Carolina. It was shot uh from October 1989 to December 1999. And I said it came out in the summer of 1990, which is a quick, quick turnaround for editing wise. The one thing I remember about this film is the wedding. I do. I remember a lot of the family dynamic. Um, I remember liking this film quite a bit. I still kind of like it, but I am willing to make some concessions about some things. So uh, we can, we can go from there. (laughs) Good. Uh, No, no, I, I, there are some things I was just like, all right, you know, but there are some moments I enjoy. Um, I mean, I really like Madeline Kahn in this film. I think she's funny. She's got a lot of really cool lines. Um, she's just funny. I don't know if you agree with that. That's fine. This movie clearly launched Lapaglia's career because he's, and I think it's has everything to do with his performance, but also it's a really good character that he's playing. He he gets a lot of like good lines. He here. gets a lot yeah. of yeah. So it's it's I think it's a combination. So he he was given a part to shine in, and he did. Yeah. So I I thought he was a standout um, in the movie as well. But I'm willing to I'm willing to listen to all your complaints. So let's hear them. Go ahead. I don't want to start with complaints because I've got too many. Oh, I will start with the one good thing about this film, which is also the down the main, which is also probably the downside of this uh, film. Well, so you just lied. All, all, <laughs> all of the characters are really well written. Sure. And really interesting. Yeah. And there's too many of them. I got there's you. There's too many of them. There's a lot but of third plots. Yes. They're all great. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of maybe the most disappointing part of this movie. Yeah. Is I want a movie with like Betsy's wedding is just one small part of this ridiculous story. Right. I agree. Uh, and, and I'd, I'd like a Betsy's wedding movie and I'd like a movie with Alan Alda, Madeline Kahn's character. And Madeline Kahn is great in this. Mm-hmm. And Alan Alda is great in this. And Joe Pesci's character is great in this. And Anthony Lepaglia is great in this. And Burt Young's great in this. And it's just, it goes on and on and on. So I'm just like, what? It's it does just, have moments where you just don't see Betsy. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's way too much in this movie. This movie's way got way too much going on to the point where I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything's muddled. I don't think I think most of some of the jokes don't really land. Okay, or what they think are jokes are supposed to be funny moments. Well, what didn't work for you? If you if you can remember, mostly any, mostly everything. <laughs> ah, nice. I, I don't like like. When he goes, you know, Alan Alda's like, I'm not a pussy, I'm not a pussy. He's talking to Joe Pesci's yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you see like all these people like laying down and not doing work on the on the house. And he's yeah. just like, okay, well, my second break, that was the break too. 
Yeah. And it's like, that's supposed to be funny. I didn't think it was funny when he's on the ladder trying to move a thing. And the yeah, that, 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 just, that wasn't good. He doesn't care. And it's like, that's not funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, her reaction at the end when she's driving away, I'm not coming back here. What are you doing? Like, well, it's I was like, like, all right, that's a, it's like a, set, it's life, like a comedic set piece that really didn't go all the way. It's just kind of like a little moment. Yeah. Yeah. Any of the moments with Joe Pesci and his secretary where he's doing the Chinese food. It's like, I, none of that was funny. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I didn't. She's a terrible dancer, by the way. When she asked that guy to dance at the wedding, and I'm just like, "Ooh, what is that?" She What's dances like uh, the girl in Ghostbusters when she asks uh, Rick Moranis to dance. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, it's true. And they both just kind of throw their arms up. That's true. <laughs> this is an '80s, early '90s thing. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just uh, not a very well put together film. It's, it's got way too much. It's like Alan Alda was like, "I got all these great characters. Let me put them together." And I guess it is vaguely based on his experiences putting into his own daughter's life yeah together. it's based on his is but it's also father the bride part yeah not as good it's it's <laughs> it's inspired by his daughter's wedding and is there's some obviously uh allusions to the father of the bride movies which is basically just about putting a wedding together like it's sure. like i was getting like my big fat greek wedding i was getting obviously the steve martin father of the bride both of those are done much better because they're more focused on the actual the, wedding, the wedding and, the and everything going around the way and the father's consternation in terms of Steve Martin's father, the bride, his just trying to get everything done right. And, you know, I, I just, the description of the synopsis where like, he's working class. He's not working class. I mean, no. that's not, he is, he is so far away from working class. It's ridiculous. He is, he's definitely middle class. He's middle he's class. Got his own well, here's the thing. He's middle class in the true definition of middle class back in the day. Middle class now is much different. It's, yeah, he's middle yeah. to upper class. Um, you know, I, I like one of the things I like, like a lot of the jokes, a lot of the stuff with Madeline Kahn, when she's talking to the Jake's parents about how, you know, how they're so rich, they don't give any money. Like a lot of that resonated obviously with today's, you know, where we are today in society. But I love when she tells her, when she's like, Oh, I got to go register for stuff just to make Jake's parents happy. And she's like, you know what make Jake's parents happy? Buying a steel mill and busting up the union. Like that's something like that. Like Madeline Kahn has a lot of like, and I don't know if that's in the script or that's just her or that's, Cause there's a moment when, when Alan is yelling, yelling and yelling and, and he's like, why aren't you mad? And she's like, because I have that headache before I throw up. I like, like I love that. My favorite lines. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just stuff like that. Like, she's just like, even when like he's in with, I never, I forgot about the dreams he has. I hate. The well, dreams but has. I love, but I like when he, he wakes, she's trying to wake him up and he's like grabbing her in bed. Cause he thinks he's wrestling. And she's like, you're dreaming, you're dreaming, you're dreaming. Like I just, she's making me laugh. But I don't. The dreams are just kind of like, all right, whatever. The dreams come far too infrequently, make no sense. Well, but but you go with the tiger, and then he sees the tiger, but then he just sees his dad. It's just his dad. Yeah, well, you get the idea that he's did just do the dad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I, w- I wish I knew him? more about Alan Alda's career, but I'm gonna I'm gonna venture a guess that he's obviously from the stage. So when you're writing something like this, I would assume you're putting as you know you're you're focusing a lot of the characters a lot more maybe in terms of on the stage for a production than you sure. are about stories. So maybe sure. that's where that, that your note comes into play in terms of all the characters are really interesting, but they really don't fit within the confines of this story. Right. Cause even like Eddie's mother, and I guess that's his aunt, right? Her sister. That's um, when they go to their house to pick their, their, you know what I mean? There's a couple scenes where the mother is with another woman. Is that her aunt? Is it her sister? Madeline Kahn's character? No, 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 no. Alan Alda's character, his mother. Oh, yeah, that's a sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, yeah. No, there's, a, a there's a couple scenes there 
where like e- even the stuff she's saying is funny. Like even like his father has that Joy Bishop has that great line when he's like, whatever you end up serving, make sure your mother doesn't make it. I'm pretty sure that's how I died. Like, like stuff like that. Like, they're, they're, like she's talking about how she tells him, does he know how to cook? Does she ask Betsy, does Jake know how to cook? And she's right. like, no, she's like, good. Just have him do a couple, like, just like the antiquated way of thinking. And sure. then you hear the father go like, yeah, I made the best man I go. And he's like talking about how you used to eat. She's like stuff like that. Maybe that appeals to me because I'm Italian. I don't know. But like, I just, I've, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I've seen that done better. I just, I'm I, not, just, well, I'm I didn't not, think I'm it was like, sure. Ooh, wow. Like, I just didn't. I did not like the father much at all. I mean, really, I some of his. I like the line about the mob thing, but then you get really dramatic with that line, and it's just like that's you don't well, need, how that's he not, changed his name and he was embarrassed. He shouldn't have done that. Right, that kind of thing. I, I right. love that story, and that is a that's it's touching. It's it's moving. It makes a lot of sense, but at the same time, that's not this movie. Okay, and you start with him dreaming about the tiger, right? And then he dreams about the football team. And then all of a sudden, all the rest of his oh, dreams are about his father. You basically. mean the basketball team, the basketball team, right? right. Yeah. It just does. It just does not gel mm-hmm. completely. Like he keeps dreaming about all these different things at the beginning. And then it's just his father, but you also, it takes 26 minutes to get to that imaginary father. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I paused it and looked at the time. I was like, <laughs> so we introduced this concept for what is essentially our main character. And we don't get this concept until 26 minutes later. Again. You've, you've introduced the concept of that, how he sees the world differently or he imagines He's things, but you don't get the father stuff until later. Yeah. yeah. And that is just the father. Sure. So we're yep. introduced to this new concept where it's only the father. Well, he does see, I agree with you. He does see his he, daughter as a he, little girl yes. again. I agree. The dynamic, I agree dynamic with you, again. but you do get that towards the end. So they do kind of like carry it through, but it's not enough to, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, like I mentioned before, this is the last film that all the directed. Only, I don't know, only directed maybe like three or four films. The so four seasons is the big one that everyone talks about. But he right. didn't have fun directing this movie. He and he, you know, didn't get along with one or one or more of the actors. So take that note, and then take this note. When Joe Pesci is asked about the film in interviews, he declines to discuss it. So mm-hmm. now I'm not saying one equals the other, but it makes a lot of sense because I know that Pesci rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I think he just doesn't want to put up with stuff. Whatever, sure. he, if he doesn't really respect the the source material he's probably just not gonna you know do what he's supposed to do right whatever i'm not here to judge either way but you know i don't know how you can not have fun on this movie like if bad or good it's a movie where you're given a lot of stuff to do you're given a lot of stuff to perform and you're getting a lot of good scenes you talk you know like as an actor going into it if you see your character as a small role, but you've got a lot of good dialogue, I wouldn't right. understand why you wouldn't want to get into that. Well, you know what I mean? The movie was shot in what, two months? October to December. So the movie was shot in two months, but it had a rough production because it was it's it started production in North Carolina the same day that Hurricane Hugo hit Charleston, South Carolina back then. Okay. And then it shot straight through to... Uh, through, I guess, Wilmington, which is where I said where it shot, experienced a quote-unquote white Christmas blizzard in 1989. So I had to deal with a lot of stuff. It officially wrapped on New Year's Eve, but they had to go back to Wilmington in the spring to shoot, like for three weeks to shoot more stuff. So... And you could tell when they're, cause they're in the city, you know, when they're in the city and right. you know when they're in on the set, which is obviously North Carolina. Cause right. you could just tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you only have that two month filming time. It could be that it's tight, you know, yeah, exactly. These characters are, you know, you have all this, but you don't have room to play. Yeah. And it's a comedy and you have all these good actors. They're going to want to play a little bit. Well, here's gonna the wanna, thing. Can I do that scene? I get again or try this. And Alan Alden's probably like, no, we're good. So this came out Friday, 1990. 
I don't know when Home Alone came out, but Home Alone came out in 1990. So, mm. I'm, so I wonder if Pesci probably did this film after Home Alone. You know oh, what maybe. I'm saying? Yeah. And I did a comedy. I liked it. Let me do another comedy. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And he's not bad in it. He's, he, he's No, I like it. He's, he's basically good. Leo Getz from Lethal Weapon, pretty much. I mean, he's a little You less, know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Less annoying. He And Lethal Weapon 2, he's, you, you know, he's like, he gets, he gets more comically annoying in three and four. Um, in terms of Leo Getz's character, mm, like yeah. they try to they try to make him part of the family in four, and, and like it's like he's but you hate him in two, like you know and stuff like that. But whatever, regardless of that, um, that was very Leo Getz. Whatever you want, Leo Getz, you get it? Huh? 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 I love I'm never talking about this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Can I get an interview about uh, Betsy's wedding? No, anything but that. Anything get lost. That? Anything but that. Get my hat. Um, <laughs> all right, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> um. I really liked Anthony LaPaga in this film. I think Stevie D is the most interesting character. He is. In the movie. He is. Because he's such like you a could caricature. Do, you could do a whole movie on him. Thing. You could do a whole movie on them getting, like, their wedding. Like, them getting That's together. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, these these are all little mini movies in one. But absolutely, that would be the most interesting movie. So I'm going to talk about him a little she's bit. She's a cop. He's a mobster. But that's Can the thing. Get when, he, when, he, when she tells him she's a police officer, he, and he, he pauses, he's like, Police officer, like it's just like yeah. it's it's funny. You know, and then I when know he, many police officers, and then when he tells Georgie that he wants to be wants to go to um go to the police academy, yeah, police academy. and he's just like, oh, but you got my uh, my nephew here thinking he's gonna be civilian. And I'll, it's, <laughs> it's just his stuff, Stevie D stuff is very funny. It's very good. It's very just like I always remember when he's like, and you tell him, you tell him, you tell my uncle that you're not happy. And then when he has, he said like, I don't think I can. What does he say? I don't think I can do right by you or something. I don't like think that. I can. I don't think I can get you what you need. Yeah. It's just it's, you what you it, need right now. You could you could take that, you could take them and you could make a whole movie on them. Like they're more they're a more interesting couple. For sure, yeah. Than Betsy and and then Betsy and Jake. And I, I know that Betsy is her character is somebody who's a free spirit who, you know, obviously has in some fashion. I right. cannot stand any of her outfits. I, I don't, I just think they're just weird. And they're very early 90s, 80s. Oh, yeah, kind of totally. Thing. I mean, Maybe. I didn't think her opera dress was that bad. Yeah, it was weird, but yeah, like when they're like, "Oh," I'm like, "It's all right." Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Like the 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 Jake's parents, they make them to be like you know upper class, and they don't they don't understand, right? Um, and even when like at the end of the movie, when the the tent has collapsed, collapsed because of the rain, and everyone's just kind of like, you know, I, I would totally eat pizza at a wedding, by the way. So if you invite me to a wedding, we're having pizza. <laughs> that's fine. And they're all eating pizza, and then, you know, everyone's just like, it's a it's a memorable wedding, and it's it's a sure. fun moment, everyone. But like. His parents don't have their shoes off. Like everybody else has their shoes off and their and their pants rolled up. But his parents are sitting there at, at a table. She's on the table. On the table and he's, he's got, got his, his feet up, up. and yeah. they both don't have their shoes off. And it's like, so that tells me you haven't changed. Oh, but they're eating the pizza and laughing. It doesn't matter though. What it you shows know what I mean? me is that they're not going to change completely, but they're kind of going with the flow. But see, they're going with the flow when, where it's like, it's kind of like, oh, it's such a cool story. Oh yeah. We kind of slummed it up here in, in Long oh, Island. For sure. you know, it's yeah, like yeah. that kind of oh, nonsense. Yeah. So it's like, I don't like, if you fast forward, like after this movie, like I would just imagine they would just, you know, take over everything and, and kind of like, just do whatever they want to do and make Betsy conform to them. And listen, if they want to buy me a super expensive oh, no. uh, apartment on the Upper East, I'm to, I would totally yeah. do that. I, yeah, I don't. I would not stay in the slum. <laughs> the slum apartment. <laughs> like, she, when his secretary tells uh, Oliver, Oliver, yeah, when when, when he gets uh, off the phone, yeah, he's like, oh, remember I met him. At, I saw her at the Slumlord trial. Don't call it the Slumlord trial. 
<laughs> I've never given a Oscar, to my no, family Oscar. members ever again. Yeah. Plumbing. They care about the plumbing. I know. <laughs> yeah. But I understand I, I, all what you're talking about. I understand that. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think being a writer, I think probably why I like the character stuff more. I like some of the, the dialogue stuff more like sure. that, that appealed to me a little bit, but you don't give these characters enough time. No, to I get shine. you. No, you know? I, I understand. Like you need to trim off. I mean, you, you definitely need to trim off the Oscar glorious stuff. Like the Catherine O'Hara stuff is good. It's, I like the fact that she's buying property so he can buy it. Oh yeah. But it's completely unnecessary. Exactly. Her yeah, character they, doesn't need to exist. It doesn't fit. It doesn't, it, it, it you're much, cause you could take them out of the movie. And sell the same movie. Well, you can take them out of the movie, but then you're probably going to lose Georgie, but that's fine. You can just have Stevie D in there in some other way, some other fashion. You can still have Georgie because you got Pesci. But you need to do more with the, you need to do more with the other parents. You need to do more with the differences between the two parents. In terms it's true because yeah. it's called Betsy's wedding and that's going to be the main, that should be the main focus. Yeah. And like you don't get that. Like there's never a threat in this movie of them not getting married. And honestly, that. It's cliche and it's a trope, but if the whole movie is focused on this this ultimate act of the wedding where they're going to be together, the conflict of that is they would not be together. And just the simple thing about how he wouldn't defend her in front of his parents is not enough. Right. And you need to have you need to have a threat of the wedding not happening, such as in Father of the Bride, when he has to go and talk to his daughter yep. because they're fighting and stuff like that. Well, that's, that's why I'm saying it's like not as good father father of the bride part, not as good. <laughs> no, I got you. And when they have that moment in this film, when she decides, I'm not going to marry him, I'm not doing it. I mean, yes, you get that amazing line by Madeline Kahn, which is one of like the five notes I actually wrote in this film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't believe it for a second. The posters, her and her wedding dress... So, you know, she's getting married. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, I, I, I don't care about this scene. Mm -hmm. This, this conflict is not really a conflict. The conflict is, I don't, there is no conflict. No, right. The conflict should be to the wedding happening. But what's the conflict in this film? No, I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I'm saying, I just told you what it should have been. They're just all little mini conflicts that, you know, are going to solve themselves. There aren't really the main problem. That's right? why I think that that's why my original note of the fact that, you know, all that comes from the stage, I think this is not about, it's not plot driven, even though you've said, even though you you're writing a character driven movie mm -hmm. in, in, in a plot device, like you're not, you're, you're, you're trying to shoehorn what you know into what you've presented. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's Betsy's wedding. It's, it's, I see. That's the thing. If, if it was a character piece, it would, it would, you would need to still need to trim characters because you're not focused on it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I, I, there is no conflict. Well, there's like eight conflicts, but well, they're, they're none of them are the main, they're not, yeah. they're not the there's main no crux. Main right. They're, they're like, it's all rising action. It's all rising action to mini conflict, mini conflict. There's no main one. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh shoot, we're towards the, we're on the bottom uh, of the yeah. curve in the writing. Okay, here we go. We're ending it. Like you think the conflict's going to be Eddie's going to run out of money. That's not the conflict. You right. think the conflict's going to be Eddie can't put together the wedding and uh, the fight infighting between uh, Harry and Eddie in terms of who's going to have the best wedding. Or is it Betsy and uh, Jake? And are they going to get married? Is it Connie and Stevie D? Is it now Oscar and Georgie and maybe Eddie involved in a mob scheme? Are they going to get shot right. to death in this action scene that doesn't need to be in the film with the guns? I'm not not that I'm arguing this, <laughs> but I would I would probably let's I would presuppose that or I suppose that there's not one main storyline in this. There are many short films that have their own 
conflicts to you know what i mean like that's I what we're maybe presented enjoyed with. that then vignettes vignettes would have been sure nice where you, your book ended by the two sure. beginning and end. or you this <laughs> this could be a series on amazon prime or you know but i, I hear you say i i think i think the conflicts are within each character's story right like stevie d and um I, i'm blanking on the sister's name again uh, that's my bad Lo, uh, not, um connie connie stevie d and connie their conflict is her basically, you know, him accepting that he's got to be, he can't be who he is. Right. You know what I mean? Like now I'm reading into that. It'd probably be a lot more, but like him not being a mobster, which they don't ever say, but you get the idea. Well, him, yeah. yeah t- sacrificing that life for someone he loves and her, you know, going over to love like that's their conflict. The Betsy comp Betsy and their conflict is what they did in the movie, but a little bit more heightened. I think there's all that stuff. Like, yeah. All these mini conflicts, like, because even if you do that, there's st- like you still have the Oscar, Gloria, and the secretary stuff where you don't, you could do more with that. So I agree with you. But then you're talking a bigger movie, you're talking a bigger thing. But I think there's many conflicts, but there, there, and I think why this movie doesn't really hit is because there's no main conflict. There's an like overarching conflict. Right. Yeah, that right. ties it all together. Right. That being said, that's probably why I'm okay with this film. I, I, I'm not going def- to, I would watch this film again and I would show people that like this film, but like, show people that I think that would like it, but I can't, I can't defend it in terms of like, you know, what we've talked about on the, on this podcast before. I don't think I would show anybody this film. I don't think it's very good. I don't think it's very well put together. I mean, if, if you like these characters, if you want to see Joe Pesci do something where he's not just a mobster, Mm -hmm. go watch this movie, I guess. Uh, But I, it it also feels long. It's an hour and a half, but it feels two hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's got some great actors but not necessarily at their best because they're just not given enough room to grow. See, I don't think, I don't think Although, that except for Stevie D Stevie D's. I don't fault the, I don't fault any of the actors in terms of their performance. No, neither do I, but I don't think they're given enough. Well, I think the story, the, the movie fails them. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fine. But that just see, that's not I'm enough not for me not to watch it. I, so I'm, I'm glad I watched it the first time, but I don't know if I'd watch it again, but I'm surprised that you are not, you, you don't, not that you don't like that, that you don't enjoy it more. Maybe that because you being an actor, I would think that there are, there are things in here that would appeal to somebody who oh, likes sure. acting. The fact that. that there's no small parts right. is great. I mean, obviously the Stevie D part is the part you want to do. Oh, the Stevie D part's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But every character gets, you know, has good moments, but at the same time, I feel like they're all kind of, because it's such a quick movie, because there's, you got to squeeze in so much. There's not a lot of leeway for you to really... I'm not saying chew the scenery, but there's not a lot for you to really do. And it's like, what's my motivation? What, like, why, why, why do I have this scene? Well, there's no main characters. I'm glad that I get a uh, get juicy part because they're all juicy parts. But like, why? There's no main characters in yeah. this movie. They're all they're all supporting characters. And when you have somebody who writes and directs like Alan Alda, who is a lead, you know, he's obviously going to write himself a lead part. But he's not the lead. He should he unless it, it shouldn't be called Betsy's wedding or or well it could be called something else or my daughter gets it was called three daughters, like that was your original title and I'm like so we wrote out somebody yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay um because I'm thinking about my my big fat Greek wedding like that has a huge cast and has a lot and there's a lot of supporting characters in the cast that are all really good characters yeah but the focus is on 
Tula and exactly. And, so yeah. you, you know that they're your main. So right. even if you have a part where you're like, I like that line, I can really do some stuff with these lines. Right. If I read the script, I'd be like, so I'm the main. See, that's the thing. You're in my big fat Greek wedding. You're experiencing all those other characters through the the couple. Yes. But in this movie, you you don't have anyone to latch onto to kind of experience everything else because even if you get close to like Eddie. Alan Alda's character, a lot of then he's gone. Have him, yeah. If you get close to Betsy, she disappears for thirty minutes. Like even the alley, like it's so it's not you can't really latch on to somebody uh, to kind of be like, okay, I am reacting to this world with them. Exactly. And yeah. Agreed. I think Oscar gets more screen time than Betsy or uh, or Jake, and that's and that's probably because it's, <laughs> it's Joe Pesci. Yeah, he's extremely you know popular. Obviously, you know, so he well, could have he could have he could have pushed for that too, which we don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, but I, again, I agree with all your takes. I, I'm not arguing any against any of your takes because I understand that it's a flawed film. I think it would be great to look at this movie through the eyes of Stevie D. He's a great character and an outsider. Yeah. And then he can witness all this madness happening it, that's from a di- the outside. That's a different film too because then that is – Betsy's not there or she's there but she's a small role. And Lapaga is – one of his conflicts is getting the father to trust him and like him. And That's all what that you think stuff. it's yeah. going to be and yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. The other reason why I like Madeline Kahn in this is because you're so used to seeing Madeline Kahn in like Mel Brooks films. And over the top character. Clo- over the top. Yep. And I don't – she's not over the top in here. She's, you know – She's a, a mother who, you know, wants her daughter to get married, wants her daughter to be be free and be kind of like who she is. And right. she's also somebody that, you know, quote unquote fights for the little guy and, you know, doesn't doesn't really like the super rich and, and stuff like that. So she's a relatable character and it's nice to see Madeline Khan in a role like that. Right. You know what I mean? What's funny is I'm when I watch this when they're in the bed together and he's wrestling with her, I kept thinking of Christmas Vacation, Biffa D'Angelo, and like how even though she's, you know, has her own issues, but she kind of like is the glue of that she's family. Anchor, yeah. Right. Like if like I could see Madeline Kahn being in Christmas Vacation and like doing it probably a lot better. Or I don't know. I, I just I like Madeline Kahn a lot in this film. I just like Madeline Kahn a lot, period. She's Madeline funny. Kahn's yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. So and but like I think Alan Alda doesn't I think Alan Alda doesn't match up well. Steve Martin did it much better in Father of the Bride. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right there, like, that's what I'm instantly comparing it to. That's what I was saying. You know yeah, what I mean? So, absolutely. yeah. So, like, and I've, I've seen it done really well. So, even the father in my Big Fat Greek Wedding is funny. He's a character. Yeah. You know, spray Windex on it, all that stuff. Um, so, uh, but, yeah, again, I'm going to say it again. I can't defend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great. It's got... Great characters, but it's not a great film. So I'm not going to ask you why you think it's forgotten. Because <laughs> Father of the Bride exists. Um, you know what's funny? Yes. But I also think that a little bit that puts people kind of, I, I, I should say this before I get into that. Um, I actually didn't mind Burt Young. Like I liked, Bert, I liked seeing Paulie, not Paulie. Oh, it's nice you know seeing I mean? Burt yeah, Young. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah not being playing yeah, Paulie. Because yeah. he, he's funny. But regardless of that, I think one of the other reasons that maybe puts people off is that Molly Ringwald's in this film and it's, and this is like from, she's from the Brat Pack and everyone's used to 16 Candles. Everyone's used to um, her being a teenager. Pretty in pink. Yeah. Breakfast Club. Her being that Brat Pack character, her being that character that plays the young teenager. Obviously she's not a teenager when she's doing the movie, but right. so now you are presented with Molly Ringwald. She has to do what every teenage and uh, young child, uh, young star has to do is, bridge that gap to adulthood. Right. And I think that this is probably the beginning of that. 
And I'm not saying she's not bad in it. She's good in it, but it's not her fault that people don't view that that way. It's, it's just people's expectations. So this isn't what I just saw. So they don't know how to react to it because her hair's cut, her hair's short, like mm-hmm. super short. And she's playing a character that's like a grown up. And I think that affects people in terms of wanting to see the film, I think. Or maybe when they see it, they're like, this isn't what I'm used to. I think that could be it. I mean, you've also got Alan Alden not being Hawkeye. Exactly. So, Alan Alda's not, I mean, he's a, so MASH is a huge, huge success, but again, TV and movies are viewed differently back then. Not like they are now. You can't do the crossover like people right. do. So TV, so him as a, as a TV star, I think that throws people off as well. Agreed to absolutely. But I also think you now the other thing that kills this film was it was not well reviewed. It didn't make a lot sure. of money. So it dropped off of people's radar right away. I, I, I Yeah. I think it, like I said, I think it has a lot that goes against it. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think the, I think the best thing I can say is that I don't think the pieces are bad. I just think when they're put together as in the whole, I think that's where you kind of, right. Yeah. It. yeah. It's got amazing pieces, but it doesn't come together. Right. It's just not a feature. Yep. It's something else. You could take this and you could flesh it out. You could do a variety of things with it. I think the vignettes like a, like a one-off season sure. with the vignettes work. Cause all the characters are interesting. And you want to see their stories. But their stories aren't enough. See, this is the type of movie that that you that people that deserve remakes and reboots because they're they were done. They were done in the wrong time. They weren't done right. They've got like you said, they great pieces. A second chance. But you, but you, but it's still enough there where it's like you know what though that's that's interesting. Let me let me let me yeah. expound upon that. Now, granted, we just talked about a bunch of movies that have already done it well. So when you do it, you're really like, well, that's my big fat Greek wedding. That's Father the Bride. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and I get that. Got, like, remaking it. I think father of the bride's coming out on Netflix, a new thing for that yeah. as well. So, well, people should be watching only murders in the building with Steve Martin anyway. So that is very good. Yeah. that's fantastic. And Martin short. Yeah. They're both great. Everyone's <laughs> Glenn Gomez. Everyone's good in that. Yep. Anyways. All right. So I guess I already did why I was forgotten. Where can, <laughs> where can they find us Butler? You can find us at forgotten cinema podcast.com or forgotten entertainment.com as we are part of the forgotten entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great shows on the forgotten entertainment website. There are plenty. Uh, also wherever you're listening to us, give us a rating, a review, subscribe to us, let us know how we're doing. Uh, and if you're listening to this, you don't know where to find us. You've stumbled upon us somehow. We're on Spotify, <laughs> We're sorry. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Play, all those kind of good things. Uh, so go there, check out all our other episodes. Like Field said at the beginning, we have over 150 of them. So Too many. Way too many. Wait till we had a couple of zeros on the end of this. Oh, boy. <laughs> Join us next week as we're going. We're Well, I guess we're technically staying in the 80s because this film was shot in the 80s in terms of Betsy's wedding. But we are going to 1986 to, to talk about Ruthless People. You've never seen it, right? No, I did see it. Oh, my okay. Excellent. No, I well, Sometimes you pick movies you That's didn't true. see. That's true. That's I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I like Ruthless People quite The older films I don't know because the older films I don't know where you came to them. And gotcha. Watching, yeah. You know what I mean? So, sometimes yeah. I do pick them because I just really want to watch them. I got you. Yeah. That works. All right. So that's next week. We're doing Ruthless People. So if you guys want to watch it ahead of time and then you come to the. <laughs> no one does. I know no one does that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week on Mike Field. Uh, Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.